This is Kyle McCord, and you're listening to Austin, Felix, and Matt on the Debbie Debate. Welcome to the Debbie Debate. All right, boys. Are we ready to debate? Austin, you tweeted something, girl. You tweeted your running back tonight. Explain yourself. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. You jumped up and... That's Austin Mace, who is going to be that guy. And for me, B. John Robinson is still going to be that guy. Back to the ground with Robinson, who spins and then tries to bounce it. A skip arm, another one as he rides it, keeps his balance. They're going to say he stepped out, but I'm... I'm feeling sharp. I know you didn't think that we would get through this episode without mentioning the name one Zach F. Wilson. Screener draw. Oh, Wilson is going to uncork for the end zone. And he drops it in beautifully. And it is his roommate, Dax Milne, on the touchdown. That's Matt Brody. G. Scott Jr. Obviously, I whacked poetic about him on the last episode, so I won't do that again here. And this time it's Fields on the carry. Watch out! Justin Fields! Hello, Columbus! 51 yards! Vernon, are you ready to go head-to-head with me? I am. Gotta get my popcorn out here. Hold on. Gotta continue. I got Kyle McCord is going to end up winning the job. He's going to be rated higher. Um, well, I'm not nearly as passionate about what I'm about to talk about. Our apologies to Kirk Street and Atlanta. Time will get him rescheduled soon. And for Matt Bruning and Austin A, I'm Felix Sharp. Good night and good luck. Chris, I think one of the things I'm proudest of that we've done around here is just how often we give folks tomorrow's newspaper um whether it be marvin harrison jr or quinn ewers or michael Penix jr like we're having these conversations really from the time they're in high school until now and 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 in a certain respect we do ourselves a disservice right because you know this audience uh, we don't need to talk about michael Penix jr we've done that for since 2020 i think the very first episode of Campus Life, Colin was talking about coming on uh, Debbie Debate. That was before we started Campus Again. He was talking about coming on Debbie Debate and having a conversation about Michael Penix Jr. and whether or not he, I was over-hyping him. I think the point that I'm making is, is that we have these conversations about these players and then we just kind of move on until the next thing. And then, you know, the dynasty community catches up with these players and then they want to have conversations that we had two and a half years ago and I almost have to go back and remember, you know, what it is our analysis was and what it is that we said because we kind of moved. I'm trying to figure out if Tyler Brown is any good, you know. I, like, that's what I'm thinking about now. Like, this class, this 2024 class, not really thinking about it anymore. We are going to get into a 2024 um, rookie mock draft here later on. Kyrie Demos from uh, Matt Waldman, RSP site and podcast with me. He's going to join us for that. But I do, I think we've, so we have all of these conversations about these players, Chris, but we have missed 
in a, like just just twice that I can think of in the last two years. Tiger uh, uh, Conquo coming out of Maryland. I don't think we said his name once on any of our shows. And I'm like that. He got the draft capital. He's not producing. But the fact that we never mentioned his name, that frustrated me. Puka Nakua, who is tearing up the NFL right now, I don't know that we said anything about him either. You can correct me if I'm wrong, Chris, but he is a player that we never mentioned. I just don't remember ever having a conversation about him. That is rare on this show where there it's just a player that we've never talked about. So tonight I want to try to identify some guys who could potentially be a next Puka Nakua. And it would be hard and, and for our purposes, that really means someone who we haven't spoken about. Who could break out in the NFL? It's going to be hard to do tonight because we talk about so many players, Chris. Um, but I mean, I'm up. I'm up for the task. If you are, I am. I. It's always hard with, you know, you, you mentioned Chig uh, Okonkwo. It's always hard with tight ends. They come out of nowhere. So I, you know, I'm always willing to give people a pass on that, especially when that person is myself. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, the only way we we're talking about Pukunakua was in college fantasy last year. So, I mean, outside of that, he was not, I don't, at least as I remember in our, uh, Debbie conversations at all. He was not someone that we thought about as being an NFL player, but six foot two, two Oh five. I've seen six, one, two, 10. So he's somewhere in there. He was not a year one zero. Uh, and then his last two years at BYU got a lot of rushing attempts. So, you know, a stoutly bit built guy who showed some versatility, uh, surpassed the year one zero thresholds as a freshman at Washington in 2019. Okay, I think I can work with that. The hard thing that, that will be here tonight is like just talking about players that we have not talked before. But I this is where I want to start this conversation. Um, and again, this is hard to do. So can't be a year one zero ideal size. Oh, God, I feel like I'm going to talk about some players who aren't good at football, but they're, they're, <laughs> these are all college football players playing at, you know, a high level. They're good football players, but what about Ricky Parasol? Six one one ninety. He again, not a year one zero. Um, you know, I think we saw the highlight a few weeks ago of him making the Odell Beckham Jr. catch. He's been like steady and reliable, but nothing spectacular uh, here in his fifth fifth year. Um, oh, Ricky Purcell, what do you what do you think? So here's here's the thing about Puka that I think we so he was the year before we were doing stuff. He was 2019 uh, class. He was what, the 40, 40th, 41st player overall and the wide receiver eight. So it's not like if we had been around that he we wouldn't be talking about him. He was the most productive player, or at least wide receiver, 
on that Washington team in the COVID season. He then transferred to BYU be, to be a with his brother and be closer to his family. He, I think, has the all-time like yards and touchdown record for receivers in the state of Utah. So there, there's a lot that goes into this evaluation. Like he was once a very highly regarded prospect who then transferred down to an independent school. So what kind of player fits that profile is, is a good question. And who's someone that we haven't talked about is pretty tough. Um, Players that came to mind that I think could fit this in some way. I mean, these are all guys talked about though. Uh, Jim Michael Sturdivant transferred wide receiver 24 in his class. Adonai Mitchell transferred. We've talked about him a lot. Adonai Mitchell was one that I thought about also. Yeah. Ryan O'Keefe, the wide receiver at Boston College, um, who is they're looking to replace Zay Flowers with. Uh, you know who I think it would have been, though? And this is someone we talked about, but I think we're just more in tune than where we were. And the community is probably two or three years ago. It would have been Tez Walker. That's who it would have yeah. been. Free Tez, like a guy who yeah. came on the scene after being, um, you know, a high-end athlete. Lots of, like, interesting history in his recruiting past and then end up there. Um, the one other guy that I with, had there. Was, with Tez, yeah. with Tez though, had he played this year, I think he would have been competing for day one or day two NFL draft capital. You know, he's that's, not a guy that would have fallen, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, this, that's why it's so hard. Cause I think we would have been on Puka or we would have been talking about Puka more. It's just weird. Uh, timing wise, what about um, even you haven't said any of the names that I have on? I have two more names on my list. You got way more names on your list. Well, Jonte Wester, no, um, uh, maybe he's kind of kind of interesting. I mean, you need to think about guys that are have some sort of skill set that are going to stand out. Or, well, Jalen Noel, Jalen Noel is on my list, five, yeah, not a not a one near year one zero. He has, you know, a speed, deep threat profile. I didn't realize how thick he was. If he's actually 200 pounds, he's much bigger than I thought he was. Um, had had Iowa State, you know, kind of had their stuff together this year, I think he would have had even a, a bigger season. He's got 24 receptions for 250 yards, averaging 10 per uh, two touchdowns. He also returns punts and kicks. So, Jalen Noel, I mean, you know uh, – Maybe he – I don't think he declares for the NFL draft, but he's got another season to kind of prove it. Maybe even a transfer up situation if he doesn't like the situation uh, there at Iowa State. I don't I don't hate that one. I think that he's he's in that range. Um, I mean, I a lot of the other guys that I have are, are G5 guys, right? Like Ashton Hawkins, who mm-hmm. I think is really – Texas State. Player. Yep, Texas State. Um but that's, I mean, that's the profile, right? Because those are guys that we're not really considering for day, no. like potential NFL producers. They're more like fringe roster guys at, at this right. point. So it's just so hard to to project. I wonder, I don't think we're going to see it because he's not in the regular rotation really. But JoJo Earl would have been perfect for this. If he was, you know, like high-end guy, transfers to a little bit lower situation, has the skill set that we like. Kind of gets lost in the shuffle, but I don't think he's going to end up being. And a, if I remember correctly, JoJo Earl actually beat the year one zero thresholds also. Um, let me see. I think that he did. Yeah. Um, sure. And the funny thing about Puka Nakua's profile, 
is that he started really slowly. So he beat the year one zero thresholds just barely. Didn't really didn't really uh, break out in his second year at Washington. Four and games. I guess his break- oh, was oh, that was twenty twenty? Okay, oh, that makes sense then. And then leading receiver, leading receiver on the team. Too. He was the leading receiver with uh, with with Roma Dunze and Jalen McMillan there. Yeah, and they had somebody else, but I don't remember who it was. Well, if you look at if you look at JoJo Earl's uh, season, twelve receptions, one hundred and eighty four yard, one hundred forty eight yards as a freshman, twelve receptions, one hundred fifty five yards as a sophomore. Then he transfers to TCU, not being used um, this year. But I mean, he did. I think that there's some life there. Maybe there's some life there. I I loved JoJo Earl as a prospect. I did not. I mean, Me I called him uh, Dante Hall. You know, I compared him to Dante Hall. I thought that that's how he moved the old uh, Kansas City Chiefs punt returner and wide receiver. I don't like. I don't dislike that one. I just wish he would have. If Puka Nakua kind of started his breakout in his third season, here we are in JoJo Earl's third season, and they hadn't really gotten off to a great start. I've got one more for you. I do. I, I really do too. Love. You go first. I, I've, I'm saving the best for last. Okay. I've got uh, uh, Jalen Polk. Excuse me, Jalen Polk is. I feel my, like we're already talking about him, as, or at least I view him. We. That's it. Yeah, yeah. We, but this is what I. I think that, and I'm not comparing him, skill set wise to this player. But you remember in 2019, it was Jamar Chase, Terrence Marshall on the outside. And Justin Jefferson was kind of like the forgotten man um, between those three. He really was. Justin Jefferson was the forgotten man between those three. Here, uh, Roma Dunze and Jalen McMillan are the guys that, you know, we've kind of really been talking about um, Austin and Colin really since they were freshmen. And then Jalen Polk, even this season, the fear was, oh, it's going to be Jeremy Bernard. Jeremy Bernard came in there, and that's the guy that, as a matter of fact, I listened to so much of that Jeremy Bernard nonsense, which is not, he's a good player that I passed on Jalen Polk in some respects, but you look at him again, not a year one, zero 28 receptions as a freshman. I don't know. I think he was a three-star prospect, by the way, the year one, zero threshold applies to the top 300 uh, in the composite. So that accounts for about 40 wide receivers, Jalen Polk, the year one, zero theory wouldn't have applied to him, but just hypothetically, um, 28 receptions, 264 yards as a freshman at Texas Tech. And then, you know, it just it went to Washington, didn't really pop, and then last year popped, and this year he's having the season that he's having. I see a player with good movement skills, with sticky hands. He's not, you know, you can throw him the back shoulder fade if you want if you want to, but he's also somebody who can get open with a bigger, larger frame. Jalen Polk. Might be that guy, but he might not. He's not going to slide to like day three. I think he's going to be a day two NFL draft pick. He might even get drafted before Jalen McMillan. Yeah, I. Well, yeah, he might. I mean, he's a really solid player. I actually had one more, but the chat is chat is bumping right now. And, the chat is bumping right now. And I want to call out one that I didn't even think about, which is uh, probably going to be top of my list, and that's Isaiah Williams. Austin mm. had that in chat. Um, I think he's a really productive, pl- really good player at Illinois. Former quarterback. Um, is he? What's how big is he? Isn't he like five nine though? No, he's pretty big. Hold on, let's see. He's definitely bigger than five nine. To tell you that, um, he is so five ten one eighty five. He 
I think he's definitely a slot wide receiver. He's definitely someone who can get on the field as a return man. I like Isaiah Williams too. I think he's going to have a better NFL career than he's had a college career. But I think I want more like for, for if a guy's going to break out, I feel like I want more NFL size than I see with Isaiah Williams. He's going to be like, like he's so limited to be in a very particular role. Oh, you're gonna um, love my last guy then, who's even smaller than him. <laughs> William W. William uh, adds Zakari Franklin potentially. Like we, well, like we're already on. We've been on him for a while now, yeah. and I'm not sure we're gonna get anything from him this year. Uh, so my final guy is Philip Brooks, uh, the second, third, I don't remember at Kansas State. Um, I think he's a place in the NFL. He's small though. He's five eight, probably one seventy five at max. Uh, think he's a really interesting chess piece type player because he was a running back in high school. He has rush attempts. He is one of the better kick returners in the country. Nominated for the Paul Horning Award this year. I think that he has a place. I don't know what that place is, but if I mean that offense is never going to highlight him at Kansas State, but I do think he's a very solid receiver. So maybe maybe him, um, another slot guy like Nate McCollum at UNC. Like that's the type of player that I I see because we don't view them as like game breaking talents, but it also means that they're probably not game breaking talents. Austin, who we fired from the show today for a load management reasons, he was just on too many podcasts last week, but he is in the chat. Some other candidates: Daniel George, you mentioned Isaiah Williams, Luke McCaffrey, Donovan Green, and Xavier Henderson. Donovan, I remember Donovan Green playing in this shootout with Sam Hartman which feels like it feels like it was 10 years ago, a shootout with Sam Hartman. And was it, was it Drake May on the other? Was it Drake May or was it Sam Howe? I can't remember. It was a game oh, where both was, of them threw like was, five touchdowns was and it was like a 50 to 40 something game. And uh, Donovan Green, I think as a redshirt freshman really went off in that game and we kind of expected him. I mean, I still had him ranked highly. He just has dealt with knee injuries uh, two years in a row. And Xavier Henderson is someone I've kind of quietly – Xavier Henderson had all the athleticism that you want to see coming in as a freshman at Florida. He was somebody that we were just kind of waiting to break out, never really did, and is doing so now for Cincinnati, at least from a production perspective. When I watch his game, I still don't see the the like the way he tested coming out of high school. I don't see that on on the tape. But he is being productive, um, so that's I, I do I actually do like that. Xavier Henderson is going to be at the Senior Bowl, which that's always a good you know note is when a player is going to get that exposure at the Senior Bowl, especially when you're possibly the best athlete on the field at the Senior, yeah. at the senior Bowl. Um, do you like the the one thing that I want to ask you about actually was do you like Xavier Leggett, the wide receiver at South Carolina? I like. We had this conversation two weeks ago, and I said out of the Xaviers, I prefer Leggett. Now he's older than Xavier Henderson. I think Xavier Leggett is a sixth-year player, but but he's he's the plays that I've seen from him. He's playing above the rim a little bit, showing yeah. some of that athleticism. Now, if you're 23, 24 years old, I don't know how old he is. You should be more athletic and more physical than you know 18 and 19 year olds. So that's the only thing. But he is showing he is showing a NFL skill set but in a more physically developed and older body, if that makes any sense. And I, I said that like two weeks ago. Of the Xaviers, I prefer South Carolina. Yo, you're South Carolina. Yeah. You're South Carolina. That's why I asked because yeah. I've been low on him 
um, basically as a Gamecock. Like I just, mm -hmm. I don't think he. Yeah, but he you can't argue talent. with how he's playing right now. No, right? I, and that's the thing. I I really can't. He's in his fifth year. He's going to be twenty three by the time the draft rolls around. Was it his fifth or is it his sixth? Because I looked at his chart, I was like, I thought he was in his sixth. I year. think he's in his fifth year. Okay. 2019, right. So technically five, I believe. He was class of 2019, so. Fifth year. Right? I mean, you got to like the size and the size and the way he plays at that size. So I mean, uh, he's another guy. 30. Who, he's 230? He's 227, so around it. Um, he's another one that's going to be at the Senior Bowl. I got to imagine he's going to be at the Senior Bowl. So that's I'll a good. I, I like that so. one too. Yeah. The, these are a bunch of guys who are never going to do anything in the NFL. <laughs> we, we just wasted. <laughs> we just wasted everyone's time. Eh, in a way. Go ahead actually. and like the video. Subscribe if you haven't already. I'm going to bring in a new friend of mine, Kyrie. Kyrie, is it Demos or Demos? It's Demos. De it's Demos. 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 Okay. Um, Kyrie and I have been podcasting together on Matt Waldman's uh, platform, and he writes there at the RSP. Kyrie also played at Buffalo while Khalil Mack was there. Khalil Mack could just destroy whoever um, they were playing. Uh, Raiders. I yeah. Was it, okay. So another. I feel a little bit. I feel a little bit embarrassed because I can track some of these players who have transferred from one school to the next. But is, does does Khalil Mack still play for the Chargers, or does he play for another team? He does still play for the Chargers. Oh, okay, um, got it, yes. Yep, yep. All you right. got it. You got, got it. Got it. Okay. Okay. All right. So um, we brought Kyrie on to help us with a 2024 rookie mock draft. It's just about that time where, you know, we should start considering these things, all of these players. I feel like we haven't talked about them in the last two or three months because we've been so focused on the freshman class. We've been so focused on highlighting names of, of players that we have not talked about. So now we're going to bring it full circle. And <laughs> speaking of which, do you, Chris, you remember how we were all, we were so off Caleb Williams and his 53% completion percentage, his erratic behavior coming out of the tri-state area there. And I do it wasn't in, it wasn't until the spring game we were like, oh, okay, Lincoln Riley is actually going to run something a little bit different for him, from him, for him, you know, with with read option and getting him into space. Uh, but I remember, I he remember fifty percent completion percentage passer in high school. Like if, if he was like, a he was terrible as a completion percentage is a problem. he was terrible. His accuracy was a problem. Now he had all the escape artist stuff, which was great to watch. But you, you watched him throw the ball he seemed erratic um but i mean that's why we like to see them on the field so we eventually got that one right but <laughs> but coming in better late than never i guess better late than never. Kyrie, where can we find you on twitter i'm usually a better host than this where can we find you on twitter it's all good yeah so you can find me on twitter um at riri underscore demos um it's right there um, if you can, if you guys can see my name on the, uh, on the, uh, I don't think we have the, uh, I don't think we have the titles up here because again, we're not a professional organization. So, um, <laughs> but we, but we will include it in the description on the video and in the, uh, in the podcast when we release it. All right. 
Kyrie, since you are the guest, we'll give you the 101 here in this uh, 2024. We're going to go super flex. Kyrie, do you play fantasy football? You play. Oh, my goodness. Do I play fantasy okay. football? I, I'll tell a, a <laughs> okay. little quick story here. Last year, uh, I was playing with seven teams. Um, I've got five teams now this year. Um, I've got a team. I've got two teams that are three and one. Two teams are two and two, and then I got an zero and four team. I'm waiting for Cooper Cup to get back with that squad. So, um, you know, it's been a tough go this year, but you know, figure things out um, as we go along. But yeah, love fantasy football. I've actually been playing fantasy football since uh, I was in ninth grade, so since 2009. So it's been it's been a long ride, but I'm enjoying it. Well, we would love to get you indoctrinated in our world so we can have a new C2C player. All right, Kyrie, since you are the guest. Um, we'll give you the for the first pick, which I'm guessing there is there any decision here to be made or Ooh, man. Well, it, it, it's tough because you know, in terms of the player itself, it's, it, it's right in terms of the player itself, it's not tough. Um, I just think in terms of the optics, and you know, obviously, with this team projected to have the top two picks in the draft, and you know, again, as me being an Ohio State fan and um, oh you know, I know it's, it, I, I, you know, internally oh. my heart is, is, is torn, but my brain definitely does not, um, veer too far off with this one. It's gotta go Caleb Williams. And I'm so glad you guys, um, led, you know, me to, you know, um, or in terms of, uh, your guys um, you know, just a little chat before this, you know, talking about Caleb Williams and his game and, you know, obviously he, he's, he's, I don't know, playmaker, um, you know, highlight reel waiting to happen every game. I mean, obviously uh, the numbers he's putting up now are even better than the start of his Heisman season uh, last year. Um, so, you know, it's really without question who, you know, the number one pick should be. Now, you know, if the Bears actually pull the trigger on this, you know, we'll actually see about that. But um, I think, you know, just knowing the type of talent that Caleb Williams is, Caleb Williams is, you know, maybe they do deal him. Maybe the Bears do deal. Um, I'm sorry. Maybe the Bears do deal Justin Fields, um, you know, by the time, uh, you know, the draft comes around uh, next spring. But you know, I think it's a, it's an easy pick. You know, Caleb Williams, to me, is every bit of the prospect that I think everybody thought Kyler Murray could be, but with uh, three inches of height in terms of, you know, his uh, escapability, arm strength, things like that. Um, you know, I think Caleb Williams is a franchise changer and, you know, we'll see if he actually even, you know, enters his name into the ring. You know, I know his father's been teasing the fact that maybe he, you know, picks and chooses where he ends up going, you know, little Eli Manning action. So, um, but Caleb Williams, I think it's a pretty easy pick in terms of uh, the player, but, no, now we'll see if the, the Bears actually pull the trigger here. Kyrie takes Caleb Williams at the 101 here. Chris, is there any argument that Justin Fields is a better quarterback prospect than Caleb Williams? No. I actually think that there there's not. The way, what, what is the argument? I would like I'd love to hear it. Yeah, it's uh man. Caleb tough. Williams trump card is playing the chaotic uh uh backyard style. I don't know that if he's if he's going Justin Fields has proven in college and in the NFL that he can play a traditional drop back game if he wants to and without the rushing and all that stuff. That's the argument. Is is he going to to play the that type of backyard style? Is Caleb Williams going to play that type of backyard style 
it's at a good- the NFL level with the with the better athletes, bigger athletes, some defensive tackles who can run him down uh, just as fast as he is. That's the argument. It's a good question. Um, you know, if the best quarterback in the NFL wasn't playing that exact style, maybe I would be a little bit more hesitant. I mean, he's not Mahomes. Mahomes is bigger than he is, but like they play a pretty similar brand of football. I'm just saying, and it works if you're you play it at a high enough level. And Caleb Williams is a better, I think, a better as far if like if we're going to put them in a race, I think Caleb Williams would very easily beat uh, Patrick Mahomes in a yes. race, but. Uh, okay. All right. Um, all right. Mox, we'll give you the one Oh two here. So so this is fantasy, right? This isn't like I'm drafting as an NFL GM. This is fantasy. Yes. Do I want to get roasted or not? Is kind of the decision here. Um, I'm going to go Marvin Harrison jr. Because I think that's the safest of the two picks. Um, I think we know what he's going to be the next level A very good productive wide receiver. I think there are questions about, I mean, the clear threes, Drake may, um, there's questions. He might about even play, be playing with Caleb Williams. There's a chance yeah. that he's even playing with Caleb Williams. Absolutely. Since they own the, uh, Carolina pick, but I, I mean, Marvin Harrison jr. Is a, just a fantastic wide receiver prospect. I, I don't think he's as generational. Some may hint he is but he's still a phenomenal player he's going to be wide receiver one for a long time investing in that wide receiver getting him for five six years especially on your dynasty team like that's that's the kind of player that i think you want to do did you listen to waldman's nil show on marvin harrison i did okay i don't want to spill the tea okay it doesn't scare you okay all right, that's what that's exactly what I was asking. If you aren't an NIL subscriber, you can get access uh, to our exclusive NIL podcast feed, which includes a weekly show with Matt Waldman, uh, Nelly from Debbie Marketplace on strategy. Uh, Austin does weekly takeaways. I'm missing one there, aren't I? No, no, I'm not missing one. I think it's those th- those three. All right, uh, I'm not going to belabor the point here at the 103. I'm going to take Drake May. This is super flex. Drake May, I think, is an underrated athlete. Um, man, I think we would have really seen what his ceiling was if he had Devontae Walker uh, with him this year. We don't, but he's still been playing well. And, you know, it's super flex, and you can never really have enough quarterbacks. I, I, I This is this draft hasn't started yet because this is very chalky. Everybody's going to go uh, this one through three so, so far. So I think the draft really starts, Kyrie, at pick 104. Where are you going? Most definitely. And, you know, obviously just considering this being a, um, you know, fantasy draft, right? You know, I think there's a lot of different options on the table. I know, you know, the Denver Broncos definitely could use some help on defense, uh, seeing as they gave up 70 points two weeks ago. Um, but I honestly think, you know, the, what I'm thinking along the lines of here is, you know, Sean Payton offense, you know, thinking about some of Russell Wilson's strengths as a quarterback, right? Um, knowing the fact that, um, you know, Sean Payton has been a guy who's loved tight ends throughout his time as a, as a coach. So I'm going to go a little bit off the the um, radar, not off the radar, but off the rails a little bit here. I'm going to go Brock Bowers. You know, I think, you know, the, the type of talent that he is, you know, at the tight end position, you pair him with a guy like Greg Dulcich, you know, so he comes into a, a system where, you know, yes, you know, he would most likely be the focal point among those two, but he's got a, another guy 
alongside him. You know, he's got a guy that can draw some some coverage away from him, um, which would open him up, which would open, you know, Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton up, um, as well as, you know, that running game as well with Javante Williams. So um, I, I think um, Brock Bowers is a pretty safe pick here. You know, I think, you know, knowing the type of talent he is at the college level, I think it's he's easily going to be that um, at the NFL level as well. Um, so, yeah, I'm going Brock Bowers. Uh, Kyrie, just to clarify, are you – looking at something with projected landing spots for these players? Cause you, you've mentioned, uh, you know, Brock Bowers with Sean Payton, or do you just think that that's a, an ideal spot for him? A little of both, you know, I've been, I've been seeing, um, you know, I, I obviously Brock Bowers, you know, knowing the type of player he is, um, he's considered a, you know, top 10 pick, but um, I just think realistically, you know, that makes sense fit wise. Um, and, you know, just to be completely honest with you, I think, you know, I know the Broncos, um, you know, on paper, they've had a lot of talent. They've got a lot of talent in terms of skill guys. Um, but those skill guys really haven't necessarily showed up the way that they've, you know, been projected to do so. So I think, you know, in terms of, yes, you know, let's add a skill guy. I mean, he's arguably the best skill guy in this draft. So um, I think a, a weapon for, for Russell Wilson and Sean Payton would, um, you know, be necessary. You have one objector or intern, J.J., uh, in the chat is saying fade Brock Bowers. We'll have to bring JJ on at some point to explain what he means by that. Chris Moxley, you're at the 105 here. Go ahead. Thought I was going to be able to take Bowers here. Um, just a bummer, but I'm going to go with my wide receiver two in this class. Uh, and that's a Mecca Buka. I think that Ohio State has a wide receiver one and two for 2024. Shocker happens again. Uh, he's just a really good all around player. I think you can build your offense around. Is he the same type of ceiling as Marvin Harrison Jr.? No. But he's still a dang good player. I think he's going to go top 12, top 15 in this draft. And the team that drafts him is going to rely on him as their wide receiver one or wide receiver two. Assuming it's a pretty good passing offense, I think you're looking at him as a foundational piece to build, A, your team around. But also, whoever drafts him is going to be building around this player who can thrive in a lot of different roles. He's like perfectly suited for the current NFL. Like he is the prototype wide receiver that teams seem to be drafting. So I'm just gonna pull put my chips in on on the player that I think is, you know, I, in another class I think that he would be the wide receiver one. He's still a really really good player. Just no shame being behind Marvin Harrison Jr. I am torn between two players here at the 106, two wide receivers. I'm going to go with the one who's really having an explosive uh, uh, junior campaign here and who I know my friend Matt Waldman likes, and I'm going to go with Malik Neighbors. Malik Neighbors out of LSU at the 106 who you know might be able to play all three wide receiver positions, can do a little bit of everything, is well-rounded. So um, if to use the poker term, he's probably a player that has a lot of outs, and a lot of people have mentioned – the safety of their particular selections. If versatility is safety, and I think it is, um, I think Malik Neighbors might be might be a relatively safe prospect here. So, um, oh, let me ask you this, Mox: has your tune has your tune changed at all on uh, Malik Neighbors? I am, I am, maybe a little bit more positive than I was. I still, I mean, I still have him behind Emeka Buka, and I think that's still somewhat contrarian. Based on what we've seen so far this year, I, I mean, I still think Buka's a better player. Neighbors still, I don't know what his. I, I mean, Austin has said this too, but what is his like? 
What is his trump card trait that he's yeah. going to? He's a really out. good wide receiver too in the NFL, in my opinion. Really, really yeah. good at it. Don't think he has that wide receiver one upside to carry a team. If 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 he's a team's best player at the receiver position, I think they're looking to draft another one in an upcoming draft. In, in fairness, thought. in fairness, uh, the player that I was going to take absolutely has a trump card trait that he can rely on. But we'll see if he comes back to me. Kyrie, here we are at the one oh seven. Who you got? Yeah, you actually uh, took the guy that I was targeting there, uh, Felix. So a little, little, um, you know, little thievery going on there. But you know, I I think I'm you know getting a nice consolation prize with the guy I'm assuming you were considering here, and that's uh, Roma Dunze. You know, I think um, mm-hmm. just considering the fact that um, New England just needs weapons. You know, I mean they've they've been talent devoid at receiver since, I mean since uh, 12 was under center there, you know, and the reason why he left uh, to go to Tampa, right? Um, I really think that, um, you know, being able to get a guy and, you know, I thought neighbors was, was a more natural fit in new England's situation there. You know, he's a guy who, you know, could, is not necessarily predicated, predicated on his athletic ability, but you know, I think um, Adunze brings a little bit more of that. Um, and, you know, again, you know, just getting uh, Mac Jones, any kind of help now, you know, quarterback could be in play mm-hmm. here, especially if um, Matt keeps falling off the face of the planet um, as he has the last couple of weeks. But um, and, you know, obviously last year as well, I don't think it, it was as much of his issue last year. I think just the offensive mentality, coaching staff. Um, I mean, Matt Patricia was their offensive coordinator. I think that tells you all, all you need to know. Most definitely. I actually um, went to college with his uh, nephew and played college ball with his nephew, um, Anthony Ronaldo. So shout out Ronaldo. Um, but um, coach Patricia is a defensive coach and I will just leave it at that. Um, but, you know, I think Adunze would, again, just bring, you know, a piece to that um, New England offense that, you know, that they haven't really had in um, quite some time. If any offensive skill player that lands in New England, I will be 100% hands off on that player. I'm just telling you that right now. Chris Moxley, who you got here at the 108? So the, I had seven players listed. They've all gone. They could have Jesus Christ <laughs> land on their team Not at the 102, and I would be like, I don't think so. All right, here we go. <laughs> I was just saying that the one the one through seven has gone in the exact order that I had it written down on my sheet. So this none of this is catching me off guard or surprising. Um I'm going to go with the running back here, and it's my top running back in the class. He's been hurt so far, but it's Raheem Sanders. I think that he's a great size-adjusted athlete. He can catch passes. I'm really excited to see him healthy the rest of the year because uh, he's been—I mean, he's been dealing with injuries a couple of years. This Arkansas team is not very good either. They're one of the worst teams that Sam Pittman has had, so I don't know what production we're going to get, but I think he's still the best running back in this class. Is he going to go around one? Probably not. Is he going to go around two? Yeah, I, I really do think so. And so if you're getting around two running back here at the 108, when there's a, in my opinion, somewhat of a teardrop in terms of overall talent, I'll take I'll take him. Still a guy that I'm, I I really like, size, size speed, catch, catch passes. Like, that's a, a profile that's really attractive. Former wide receiver yeah. uh, of the running backs in this class. I like running backs who can shed tackles with their shoulder pads. He's probably the top of the list in this, and at least he was last year. You know, it hasn't been healthy yet this year, but 
He also takes a lot of contact, and he's a taller running back, six foot two, 240 pounds, something like that. But I don't necessarily have a problem uh, with this pick. Um, I am going to get the player that I was considering with my last pick, and I'm going to take Keon Coleman here. Speaking of trump cards, this is a guy, and Austin mentioned, and I lo- I actually loved this comparison. He compared him to Brandon Marshall. And Brandon Marshall was a player who was so physical after the catch. Yes, he could go and play the uh, the catch radius game and play above the rim, but he was just a tough tackle. And that is what Keon Coleman is. And I love uh, that comparison. I was considering taking him uh, with my last pick. I'm glad that he falls here. That's the 110. That's the 110 here where I'm getting, I think, a guy who might go in the first round um, so Keon Coleman, I'm taking the four, the basketball, the former basketball player at Michigan State here uh, at the 110. You got the 111, uh, Kyrie. All righty, 111. Now, uh, let me see. I thought I was going to be, I thought I had the, um, let me see. I thought I had the New York Giants up next, uh, with that pick, but um, so I'm, I'm picking. On behalf of the Green Bay Packers, correct? No, see that that that's what I. Th- so we're we are simply picking from a fantasy perspective, a rookie draft. No, so you're not picking for t- you're not picking for team. You're just picking yeah. like if this was a, a dynasty rookie draft, superflex rookie Noted. draft. So, yeah, noted. Okay, I don't yeah, think that no, that. It, but for the for the record, all of your picks so far have been kind of consistent with the, with way I the way I think a dynasty rookie draft would go right now. So. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, you know, just considering, you know, some of the guys that we've named already, you know, I think there have been a, a lot of great receivers taken. Um, you know, I'm definitely going to go running back now, though, you know, and a guy that um, I think is emerging a little bit now. And, you know, he had a phenomenal game last week, um, you know, was SEC Offensive Player of the Week. And I'm going to go with Ray Davis. You know, I think Ray Davis is a guy who, you know, he, he's been um you know he's had an interesting career to this point you know he you knows at temple was at vandy um but you know he's really breaking out on the scene now and he's showing to be a, a guy that can compete or that can um be on the field on all three downs you know he's a really good receiver um you know obviously what he did last week against florida was phenomenal but he's been putting up unbelievable numbers throughout the season um you know i just think he he's a guy that's you know late riser at this point um, but, you know, a guy that, you know, once he gets to the next level, I think he's going to really be a wonderful, um, you know, wonderful piece once he gets to the NFL. So, you know, we'll see where he ends up in terms of actual draft status. But I think in terms of fantasy value, you know, I think he's a guy that, you know, at 5'10", 215, you know, he's got great burst. He's got great speed, um, great size. He can really shake you out of your shoes. So, you know, he's going to be a guy that I'm interested to see um, what he does at the next level. I tell you who would really be cheering you on for that pick, and he's not here tonight, is Matt Bruning, who has been waiting for someone to put some respect on Ray Davis's name for like the last, I don't know, six or seven years or however long uh, Ray Davis has been in, in college. By the way, Ray Davis's dad, very active on on Twitter. So, uh, so you know, if we put if we clip this this segment and put it out there, he will definitely find it and re and retweet it. All right, Mox, you've got the one twelve. End of the first. Is this Who a tight end premium draft? 
It's a tight end premium draft. Are you going with Jatavian Sanders? I, if it is, then I am. Uh, I think in a lot of other classes, JT Sanders would be the tight end one. I think he's a really talented player. Uh, he's kind of been Queen Ewer's safety blanket through, you know, since he's been at Texas. Was hurt. I think he'll, we'll get him back this week, hopefully. Um, just a really solid all around tight end who I think is a, more than athletic enough to succeed at the NFL level and has proven to be the, like a pretty solid cat, pass catcher. So if it's a tight end premium, I, I think Sanders, who at the end of the day, I think he's going to go late first to a team that needs a tight end. I think he's a first round draft pick. Man, I, I just went on another show and I said that I didn't think JT Sanders was that special, but I mean, wow. I guess we're gonna we're gonna see here. You, all right, so that let me recap the first round here: Caleb Williams, Marvin Harrison Jr., Drake May, Brock Bowers, Mecca Buka, Malik Neighbors, Roma Dunze, Raheem Sanders, Keon Coleman, Ray Davis, and JT Sanders. Two tight ends in the first round of this rookie draft. Let us know in the comments. Which pick was a reach? Which pick was the best value? Give us your opinion there on the on the first round. We're only going to do two here tonight. You two have lost your minds letting this player slide to the second round, and he's going to get drafted in the first round. That's right. In a super flex rookie draft in the second no. round, I just got Michael Penix Jr., who's going to go to someplace like the Raiders or something like that. He's going to be throwing the ball all over the place. Um, and and uh, elevating his offense, one of the most aggressive downfield passers that we've seen in the last couple of draft class classes, one of the strongest arms that we've seen in the last couple of draft classes, aggressive. Um, if he did not have the injury history, I think that this would be a lot for a top 20 pick. I think because of the injury history, he falls between picks 20 and 32. So I am getting – and William W. says he knew that was coming here in the comments. I'm getting a first-round quarterback here at the, at the beginning of the second round. It's the same way Lamar Jackson fell. It's the same way Josh Allen fell. You two have lost your minds letting me get Michael Penix Jr. here. Got, Josh round. Allen was like the seventh overall pick. Josh Allen was the seventh overall in the NFL draft. In Dynasty rookie drafts, oh. he was falling to the second round. Sucks. Yes, he was. So people were like, he's, he's, he's 53% completion percentage. Josh Allen was falling to the second round in dynasty rookie drafts. It's going to be the same thing with Michael Penix Jr. here, and I'm going to get a QB1. What are these injuries that you're talking about real quick? Injury he's history? got two, ACL, two ACLs, a shoulder injury, but he's been, he's played – last hmm. year he played all 12 games. This huh. year he's been healthy. Interesting. <laughs> got yeah, an AC joint, two ACLs, and all that stuff, so – Listen, man. I, I all I know is all I know is Felix needs to get paid because he's leading. He's leading Michael Penix's marketing campaign. So, all right, Kyrie, you got the uh, the one hundred two here or the two hundred two here. Gotcha, gotcha. All righty. So you know a lot of interesting names that have already come off the board. I'm a fan of a ton. Um, I think I'm gonna go with you know uh, we actually heard his teammate go already. I'm a big fan of this guy. He does need to be remain consistent. You know, he does need to make sure he keeps the the, the drops away. But um, you know, an FS another FSU receiver here. I'm going Johnny Wilson. You know, I think Johnny Wilson is a you know he's a big play guy. You know, he's a, a guy that I think over the middle is going to be a security blanket again when he is hauling it in, concentrating, um, and, and bringing those receptions in from there. But he's a guy I think that you know, yes, he's boomer bust, right? 
you know, he's a guy that I think when he um, is at his, at the top of his game, you know, he's one of the best receivers in the country, but you know, that, that can, you know, be, um, you know, a task for him at times, you know, that consistency. So, you know, I think if he goes to the right system, you know, I think he's going to be a guy that really, um, you know, makes makes a, a huge impact right away. So, going Johnny Wilson, Marvin Harrison Jr., um, Peon Coleman, now Johnny Wilson. This draft has some size at wide receiver. Uh, Chris Moxley, we're here. Here we are at the two hundred three. If we're taking players that are actually going to be first round quarterbacks, then I'm going to take a guy who's actually going to go in the first round. And that is Tulane quarterback Michael Pratt. I think that the NFL is going to fall in love with this dude. Just toughness, um, rushing ability. He can make he can get things done in both phases of the game, which the NFL is looking for. He's been essentially excellent the last two seasons that we've seen him play. He's worked on a lot of stuff mechanically, and that's always been my concern with him. Of of his mechanics were pretty poor, but you kind of expect that as a quarterback heading into Tulane, like can he improve is really the question. I think he has. And so if he has improved, then I think he's going to be a first round. He's a better prospect than Will Levis was in my estimation. And so if he's a better prospect than Will Levis is, and he's got the size, I think he's going in the first round. So I am happy to take him because I think he has the rushing ability or at least functional enough rushing ability to make plays happen at the NFL level. So a player that will actually go in the first round, who is not a million years old and, um, in physical therapy all the time, Michael Pratt. Michael Pratt. I I don't have a problem with Michael Pratt. I'd be I I challenge anyone to find a podcast that was mentioning Michael Pratt before we were three years ago when he started as a true freshman and nearly um, nearly upset T- Tulsa was the Conference USA. Is it Conference USA? It's Conference USA. A- the, a- is a- it a- Conference a- USA or the AAC? Whatever. A- um. But nearly upset Tulsa. That's I think that was the year that they had God. Uh, what's the dude's name who was drafted by the Cardinals? The linebacker, Zayvon Collins. Zayvon Collins. Yes, yes. Yeah. Zayvon Collins was there, and Michael Pratt nearly upset Tulsa in their own stadium as a true freshman. He's had a lot of games like that. I do not think he's going in the first round. I love Michael. He Pratt. almost yes, almost beat Oklahoma two years ago, beat and then beat USC, USC and then came back Rocky. and actually beat them. Yes. Um, well, I see. He came back. Caleb Williams was on that team. He didn't play in that game, but. And he didn't play a lot in that game, but he was on that Oklahoma team. And then, and then Michael Pratt then then came back and beat him last Caleb year. Caleb Williams killer Michael Pratt. I think if if Michael Pratt played it at the Power Five level, I would say yeah, he's going to be a first round NFL draft pick or has a chance because he's a G five guy. I don't think he has a chance. There were rumors that he was being courted by Alabama. Alabama, right? Alabama. Yeah. That would have been improvement. There. Alabama knew their quarterback situation was terrible because there are rumors about Drake May. There are rumors about um, there was another Michael Pratt, and then one other guy was it Kyle? Was it, it was Kyle? No, uh, no, Tyler Van Dyke. Tyler Van Dyke. That's the you know, it was Tyler Van Dyke. I knew it was, but that's right. That's right, Tyler Van Dyke. All right, is it my turn here? I'm at the you. Uh, you I'm I'm killing this draft, guys, because I'm going with Xavier Worthy, who Old just might go the. Uh, the uh, wide receiver who may actually go in the in the first round. I don't think that there's any chance that Xavier Worthy falls to the second round of dynasty rookie drafts when we actually have them. I think he's going to go at the end of the first at the very least. Deep play threat, you know, after the catch guy deals with some drop. That's who I thought you were taking 
Kyrie, when you mentioned a player who deal, who deals with some drops issues, when you took Johnny Wilson, I thought you were taking Xavier Worthy. Here I am at the 204 getting, you know, uh, one of the wide receivers who had one of the best freshman seasons we've seen in some time. So uh, give me Xavier Worthy here out of Texas. You've got the 205, Kyrie. All righty. So, you know, I think I'm going to, you know, go back to the backfield. You know, we, we can't forget about the RBs, guys. So, you know, a guy that I think is kind of bubbling up now a little bit, playing really well. Um, he's had over 100-yard rushing in each of the last three games, including, you know, over 200 this past week against Kansas. I'm going with Jonathan Brooks. So I think he's a guy that, um, you know, the Longhorns have seen, you know, really him seeing him progress now um, here in the later stages of his career now, you know, with him being a junior. Um, I think, you know, with his his size um, and speed, you know, he's a little bit he's considered, you know, more of your, you know, speedier back. Right. But I think he's going to be a guy that, you know, as you know, with him putting his best tape out there now um, later in his career, um, you know, he's going to end up landing with a roster, whether he's a mid round pick or not. Um, I think he's going to land with a roster and end up being a starter next season in the NFL. And, um, you know, if he gets gets to the right system, I think he's going to you know scare a lot of people in the open field. Jonathan Brooks, who was behind Roshan Johnson and B. John Robinson last year, getting his chance to shine and has, you know, uns, has kept Cedric Baxter off of the field. here. So, um, I, so, all right. Uh, is Cedric Baxter injured? Somebody let me know in the chat. I think, I think. Uh, yeah, Cedric he's been dealing with an injury. Have, yeah, he's been dealing with an injury. Um, but still, it's Jonathan Brooks taking advantage of his opportunity. All right, here we go. The 206, Chris Moxley, who you got? The former wide, wide receiver, RB1 in his class, Trayvon Henderson. I think that he's been pretty good this year. I think you can chalk some of what you saw last year to injury um, and nagging injuries. I still think he's a little bit soft, and I don't know that he has like that dude aspect to him. So, all right, but... Still very talented. Still has that receiving uh, ability in his back pocket that I don't think we've seen it leveraged enough. And I think that's an indictment on Ryan Day not get like using him like Jameer Gibbs is used because I think Trey Van Anderson could be a very good receiver, but I'm not sure that he has used those skills enough. So yeah, I'm I'm getting him pretty late here, but I'm just betting on the talent and what we saw as a recruit more than anything, and it's freshman year, of course. So yeah, give me give me the Ohio State back. I did not like this player when you had to take him with basically a top five uh, C2C startup pick. Yeah. Getting him here in the middle of the second round, uh, I really like this select. No, I'm not talking about Travion Henderson. I'm talking about Will Shipley. I'm going to take Will Shipley here. And um, uh, a, another player who coming into college, we thought that his receiving production was going to kind of set him apart. I think that we maybe see the further evolution of that at the NFL level. One of, one of the better athletes at the position position that we've seen. He should test very well. I hope that he does. Fingers crossed. I hope that he's over you know two hundred and five pounds. But if he goes day early, late day two, third, or even to be honest, even if he goes early day three, I think this is a good value. A well-rounded player who can who is not down dependent. He can play on all three downs. So. Um, all right, Kyrie, who do you have at the 208? Already at 208, I think I'm, again, I, I don't want us to forget about the running game. 
I think running back is where I'm going again. And, you know, just considering what this guy's put together here um, and, you know, in the 2023 season now, the number's a little boosted because they they played before everybody else. Um, but I, I'm going with Audrey Gestime. And I think he's a an RB that, you know, once he gets to the NFL, you know what he's going to be. He, he reminds me a lot of uh, Mark Ingram, you know, with that sawed-off uh, thumper back. Um, but, you know, he, he's a guy I think that can, you know, make you miss if he needs to, too. Um, but, again, he's not afraid to bowl you over. So I think this is a guy that, you know, whether it's a Baltimore Ravens or, um, mm-hmm. you know, a, a LA Rams, right, where a team that, you know, is committed to the running game, um, you know, can plug a player like him in their system and their offense. And uh, who's to say he's he's not winning offensive rookie of the year next year, uh, rushing for 1,000 yards. So I'm um, going Audrey Gestime. Another guy like Jonathan Brooks, who's kind of just come on the scene here in one year, and that's really all you need at running back. All right, Mox, you got the two or two oh nine. I think there's a lot of ways you can go here. Um, you know, I think there's some really talented players still left, but I'm going to go a little bit safe, probably, and that's Oregon wide receiver Troy Franklin. I think that he has proven himself to be a round two selection in the NFL draft. So getting that type of guy here is, is I think just value in general, but he's also impressed me a lot this year. Like I, I was a guy who's skeptical. And I think a lot of people were just because we didn't know what he was or like how he would be deployed at the next level. And I think that's probably still a little bit of a question, but obviously he can play the ball. Like, that's not a question. I think he is a good player. And I had that same question about Marvin Mims last year and Marvin Mims in limited snaps has looked pretty good as well. So I'm trying to, I don't want to like self-correct or like overcorrect, but guys who I don't know that they have a clear role, but are clearly good at football. I think I'm trying to evaluate them maybe a little bit differently. So yeah, Troy Franklin here, I, I think is a, actually a nice value. A lot of good wide receivers in this draft. I'm going to take another one. I think it's because of the area, the era that I grew up in. Herman Moore was my favorite player Randy Moss came on the scene during that time. I like bigger wide receivers. And so I'll take Jalen Polk here, who's essentially the third option in Washington, but a very explosive third option, has great body control and movement skills given his size. I hope that he is a true 6'2", you know, 205 or so. That's like ideal. I think that he also can play all three um, wide receiver positions. Um, and then, you know, can 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 make you miss after the catch, can get the back shoulder fade. We talked about him earlier on the show. So give me Jalen Polk here at the 211. And Kyrie, back to you with the uh, – with. I'm sorry, I had the 210. You got the 211. Gotcha, gotcha. All righty. Um, I think I'm going to go back out wide with this next pick here. Um, a lot of different options available. Um, I, I think this is honestly a pretty safe pick also, just considering the position he plays. You know, he plays a lot more in the slot, but, um, you know, has been able to line up out wide as well. And, you know, has really just shown that, you know, he's just a weapon um, all around and you just got to get this guy at the ball in space. I'm um, going with Ricky Pearsall, um, kid from Florida. I think, you know, to me, he walks in day one, a slot receiver, you know, in the NFL. I think he can grow into being your number two receiver. Um, but I, I think he's automatically going to have a role. You know, I don't know if he'll ever necessarily be a star in the NFL, but I do feel like he'll come in immediately and have an impact and be a starter, a long-term starter 
um, you know, and just seeing how, you know, he's been used this year, moving being the move guy um, in Florida's offense. You know, I think he that has a lot of value um, aside from, you know, him being able to line up at all three receiver positions. So I'm going Ricky Pearsall. Uh, Kyrie, you were not here, but Pearsall was a player that I mentioned as potentially a, a Puka Nakua type player that we have not talked about that could potentially break out at the next level. He was the first name that I mentioned, Ricky Pearsall. So, Mox, you got the end of this draft at the 212. I think there is still what I I view as nice value on the board. Um, I was very tempted to go Queen Ewers here. It's something that's path to NFL first-round quarterback buzz, but I'm not going to. J.J. Parker would love to see that. Yeah, yeah, JJ's a hater. Um, I'm gonna go Braylon Allen. Yeah, Sot, real thick and juicy. This dude has it all. Big size adjusted athlete, speed for days. I think someone in the NFL. If AJ Dillon went round two, Braylon Allen is certainly going round two. I, I have to believe. I he. I think he's a better mover. Than AJ Dillon. Oh, and for so, sure. Agreed. I, I just I've seen people fade Braylon Allen, but I'm like, look what they just did with with AJ Dillon. So yeah. um, I don't have a problem. I do not have a problem with that. Here's the second round: Michael Penix Jr., Johnny Wilson, Michael Pratt, Xavier Worthy, Jonathan Brooks, Travion Henderson, Will Shipley, Audric Estime, Troy Franklin, Jalen Polk, Ricky Parasol, Braylon Allen. Of note, players who were not selected here. Uh, Shador Sanders, J.J. McCarthy, Bo Nix, Cam Ward, Quint Ewers, Riley Leonard, Jordan Travis uh, of the running backs, Trey Benson, not to be seen, uh, Bucky Irving, uh, Donovan Edwards, Devin Neal, Blake Corum, not drafted here, uh, of the wide receivers, Adnai Mitchell, uh, Malachi Corley, Jalen McMillan, the slot wide receiver from Washington, uh, Tory Horton, the the dynamic CFF wide receiver from Colorado, come from Colorado State there. Um, at tight end, Benjamin Urasek not drafted. Jaheim, I think that there's a chance that Jaheim Bell has a better NFL career than he had college career because he has that Chris Moxley, because he has that positional versatility where he could get carries in addition to the receiving work, work that he gets in uh, the passing game. So I think that Bell, there's a chance. Our general Johnny Smith. Dollar General, uh, Jalen Samuels. Jalen Samuels had his time where he was classified as a tight end, but was playing running back. If he if he gets that type of usage in the NFL, he's going to be a cheat code. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. A move tight end who plays running back, plays a little bit of slot, plays a little bit of tight end. You can line him up at tight end. That's a cheat code. I think Jaheim Bell, if he is used that way, could be a cheat code. <laughs> Chris Moxley is just patronizing me. Mox is uh, hearing it. Yeah. Mox is not no. hearing it. Uh, Kyrie, I appreciate you coming on with us today, man. Uh, again, tell us where we can find you on Twitter. Yeah, so uh, again, uh, at Riri underscore Demos on Twitter. Um, as uh, as Felix mentioned, I'll be you know sharing more stories on uh, the uh, with my toe in the line column on Matt Waldman's RSP. Um, you know, I've got a couple different guys I'm really excited to, to talk about um, from last weekend's games and, of course, uh, you know, a trench battle to watch for this week. So uh, stay tuned there and, um, you know, we'll definitely be back with the uh, RSP and Campus to Canton uh, connection next week as well. 
Uh, Kyrie, a former offensive lineman himself, and writes about offensive line prospects. So you can check out his work at mattwaldmanrsp.com. All right, that's going to be our show for tonight. If you haven't already, check out campusdecant.com. Of course, check us out Saturday mornings for the tailgate. I think I'm driving this week. I think we kicked Austin out for uh, for Saturday also, so I'm driving this week. Uh, make check sure the out. troopers are out, folks. 10, 10 a.m. to 12, we'll be having fun analyzing the game, again, from a player-centric perspective as opposed to that coach and team-centric, program-centric perspective. All right, that's going to be it for us. For Oh, apologies to Kirk Herbstreit. We ran out of time. We'll get him rescheduled soon. For Kyrie Demos, Chris Moxley, I'm Felix Sharp. Good night and good luck.